Hello and welcome to The Hearts Review. Hearts are champions of the championship. Joining me, Ross McLeod and Gordon Senior, is David to talk about the win over Alloa, how we'll approach the next few games and we're looking ahead to next season. Well, we are champions after every team join in our league. You know, we've done what's what's asked of us this season, Gordon. We, we, we can't ask for anything else, can we? Um, yes, we can ask for a lot more of uh, what we've seen last night, uh, to be honest with you. I thought it was a, it was a pretty good performance. Against a, a pretty poor side, I mean, let's be honest. Um, however, it is a team that's, that's beaten us already this season. Um, I think... You know, it is strange sitting here um, after your side's just won 6-0 to clinch the league title and still feeling yourself pretty resent resentment towards towards your actual football team. Um, and I think more frustration than anything because, I mean, how can they put on a performance like last night? And they've done it a few times this season, you know, where they've looked really, really good. And then, you know, they just serve up the dross that we've seen recently. And I mean, you've got a question, is that because of the players? Is that because of the manager and the system they play? Um, I thought, you know, I, I quite liked the way we actually set up yesterday. I thought, you know, the, the back three um, set up pretty well. And, and the two kind of, having the two wide men and, and Logan and Halliday, I thought they they done pretty well, you know, although they were sound defensively. But I thought going forward, they, they managed to kind of stretch Aloha. And, uh, and that gave, you know, more freedom for the guys in the middle of the park. And, you know, we, we said for a long time, having a, a fit Peter Haran, what an absolute, you know, um, asset that he could be. And I thought, you know, he was back to his best yesterday, although it's only one game. And I know, you know, you look at the opposition, but I think just the way he plays the game, you know, he just he just floats basically in the middle of the park from, from left to right, right to left. And he just picks up the ball and he could just, his, his passing is so accurate. And, um, he just creates space and, and he brings other play, uh, people into the game. And, I mean, you've seen his assist for, for Henderson's goal. I mean, that was a magnificent pass to see that there and, and hold it as well to get the run because, I mean, it would have been easily just to stick it straight in for Nandley, who would have been in off, an offside position. But he waited for Henderson and uh, and laid it right on a plate for him. And uh, it almost kind of reminds me of my pass for David when we played um, at Tynecastle all those years ago. Um <laughs> but no, seriously, it was. It was a fantastic pass. And uh, and for me, he, he, he was absolutely excellent. And, um, you know, I think we need to get him in, 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 the, uh, in the team a lot more and, and build a team around him, um, particularly if we can keep him, keep him fit. And um, But, yeah, I mean, that, that's a frustrating thing, how, how we've not seen enough of that. And uh, I think if we had, you know, I think people would be a lot more content. There'd be a lot more optimism. Um, because I think that's probably our first really good performance since Wraith Rovers away back towards the end of January. And, you know, for a club of this size, and particularly the division that, that we're in, you can't go uh, nearly three months without a good performance um, and, a, and a good result. And, um, you know, I think th there's obviously been a lot of, a lot of things um, that you can take into consideration as to why maybe... It's, it's been that long, but ultimately it's not good enough, and um, we need to be seeing more of, of those types of performances and and those types of results. And I think that's been the most frustrating thing about this season. Did, did you get a goal at Tyncastle that day, Corden? 
No, no, it was stolen from me. But the less said about that, the better. Just thought we'd get that in there. Um, David, a, a, a good performance, as Gordon said. Um, Liam Boyce getting a hat trick. Ewan Henderson playing quite well. Is that a case maybe, though, of, you know, Aloha being a very poor side? Or, you know, should we give him credit for, for his play during the game? Well, you have to give credit to any player that plays well in a game, no matter, no matter who they play against. But, I mean, we do have this uh, kind of... Hearts fans do kind of have this problem where any time one player has a good game, myself included, we've all done it at some point, you kind of jump on the bandwagon and you start thinking about how this player is going to be so amazing for you and everything. Ultimately, at the end of the day, he's playing against people that will be starting their job on Monday as Sparkies and Joiners and the rest of them. So we can't really read too much into it, albeit it was a very good performance and fair play to him because he needs to do it more often if he wants to be a regular in this Hearts team. Um, because, you know, he's, he's had a lot of chances since Levine kind of brought him in a couple of seasons ago and ultimately he hasn't been up to the, he hasn't stepped up to the plate enough. Um, but it was a good performance and, and, and overall it was a good game to watch, which makes a change. Uh, I didn't want to turn off at halftime, which is what I usually try and avoid doing. Sometimes I do it anyway. Um, but it was a good performance. Uh, good to see six goals scored since uh, the first day of the season. That's always nice. Um but ultimately, I do have the similar feeling to Gordon's that I just don't really care. Uh, I, I, I am just at this point where it's like, that's great. But, you know, where's this been all season? And we talk about how good Peter Haring is. Every Hearts fan knows the potential and the quality that Peter Haring has. But for maybe six to eight weeks, Nielsen committed to him just being on the bench. If he'd started him for those games, we maybe would have had a little bit more quality in the middle of the park, to pick out passes uh, like he's shown yesterday. Everyone knows he's got that quality in him. Uh, but instead, you know, we, we, we play jobbers like uh, like Berra and the has-beens of, uh, of, 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 of years gone by that, that aren't good enough anymore. But that's for, that's for later on. Um, it was a good performance. It's good to get this trophy finally wrapped up. Uh, it should have been done weeks ago. Um, I think we can all agree. Uh, the fact it's taken us still three games to go is uh, dis- disappointing, to say the least. But, um, yeah, it was good to see it finally wrapped up. But at the end of the day, I, I really don't feel like I'm going to celebrate at all tonight. I-, I might have a beer, but I think that's just because it's a Saturday. And I can just actually I can actually drink knowing that I don't actually have to watch a Hearts game anymore for the rest of the season. I can just stop now. That's it. I can just relax. I don't have the stress anymore, Ross. No more stress for the next three weeks. Well, I mean, there'll be no more stress for the next, like, three months, you know, until well, we start. No, again. the summer transfer window's coming. That's stressful in itself, watching the, the duds that come in. But that, again, that's later on in the show. <laughs> that's all for later, David. That's, that's all, all for later. later. <laughs> and one thing I would say, Gordon, is for the first time in a, in a long time, you sort of alluded to this, we actually had a bit of a balance to the team. You know, we weren't just playing players for players' sake, were we? No, I, I thought there was a good balance to the side. And, and like like I said, you know, I liked um, how, how we had that back three and, and you felt comfortable with the back three. You know, I felt that they, um, having that stability back there allowed, you know, Halliday and, and Logan to, to go further up the park. And um, and it definitely helped in the midfield, you know, because I think a lot of times this season the midfield's been bypassed. And we've got, you know, good midfield players, you know, that I think that there can be a lot of energy in there. 
Um, I was delighted for McInef getting his first goal. I thought he, he took it fantastically well, took it right off Nandali, who who I thought at first looked favourite to get there, but it was a lovely bit of skill and, and he showed a lot of composure in the box, which um, can be lacking for not just you know midfielders, but quite a lot of players, um, particularly in our squad anyway. Um, so, you know, it was good that he showed that um, calmness in the box to roll it in. And um, even though he didn't score, I thought Nandali's performance was was really good and he was unlucky not to get himself a goal. Um, credit to Henderson, you know, for the for the assist. Um, it was a good run, although I think uh, he got a bit fortunate to, to win a penalty in the end. I think he, he might have been able to maybe just stop and think and, and played the ball before he did. But credit to him, you know, he... he um, he gambled and and we got the pen and uh, and Liam Boyce again you know showing um I think he's up to is it fifteen or sixteen now for the season um what a what a, an asset he is and you know people were making noises just you know three four months ago that he wasn't good enough and clearly I I said he would get I think I still think he'll get twenty goals for the season um that'll be his target I'm sure and I think he will get that and um and it's not a surprise you know he's a goal scorer if you give the guy um, a chance he will he will put them away. I thought his third goal was an excellent finish. Um, maybe just just because he was he was confident, but he showed a lot of composure, and, and it was a difficult one um, to to actually get um, to to smash into the the back of the net. You know, some strikers would stick them over the bar. Um, you know, I still think that we need more quality though in, in the final third, particularly. Um, again, you know, I don't think Henderson will be the future. Um, although he scored a good goal and, and he got an assist and but uh, you know I still don't particularly see a player there um, unfortunately um, I think uh, although he's, he, he is a young player and it is encouraging to see them in the team I just think going forward I don't think he'll he, he, he's what we require um, I'll echo myself again I think you know if you had somebody like Jordan Jones in that position you know he'd really he would, he would complement that, that, that kind of front three very well so I think it's important that we we find the right balance. It'd be good if we could get a, you know, Ginelli in. I don't know how far away he is from from playing. If he's even started training yet, um, it would be nice to see maybe him get a couple of games before the end of the season, um, like they did with Sewer, um, to see if you know we're going to keep him on a permanent or not. But I, I definitely think we need to to look at getting sort of creative players, quick, fast, dynamic, into that team, um, because it is as well an aging squad. Um, although you could maybe argue it's an experienced squad, I still think they need to to add players similar to to a Mac and F. You know that age, that mid twenties, um, get them in there who have a, a little bit of experience. Um, you know, get get them in there and 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 fighting and and create. You know, being creative, and I think that's what we we lack to be honest with you. But I thought the the, the side had a nice blend to it. I like the formation, and I think uh, I think that's important. We need to find that a different way of playing, you know, this four, two, three, one, it's not going to work. Um, you know, I think we'll get eaten alive. I think we're too negative or too slow. I mean, you can maybe argue playing a four, two, three, one, when you go to Ibrox or Celtic park, it gives you a, a kind of, you know, a, a little bit of stability in the middle of the park. <clears throat> but I think when you're playing against teams like Aloha, Morton, Dunfermline, with the greatest respects, we should be going with a more expansive style. And um, and I think we've seen that last night, and I, I would like to see us stick with a similar formation for the end of the season and see how we do. Gordon alluded to it there, David. You know, Liam Boyce has been a terrific asset for us this season. I mean, 
does that translate then to premiership goals, do you think? He has scored about 15 or 16, as Gordon said. You know, can he do that in the premiership? I don't think there's any doubt that he, of course, he can do it in the premiership. He showed that uh, in, a, in a smaller squad at Ross County. He, he bagged what he, he was probably the, the type, the atypical 15 to 20 goal a season striker that every club, you know, dreams of in the Scottish Premiership. And I, and I don't have any doubts that next season he'll be able to do the same for us. I mean, even in his short stint in the Premiership, the two months that he had in the Premiership with us at the start, I mean, he must, I think he scored what, five, five goals maybe or so in what was a, a poor team and you know, a different system with a new manager and, and, you know, things weren't quite flowing as, I say flowing, things aren't flowing just now, but, you know, he's at least starting every week, he's injury-free and, you know, he's playing in a role that he's comfortable with. Um, so, yeah, you, that, that's the sort of quality you need. And, but the problem is that I, I do worry that next season we just solely rely on him and if he were to get injured, then we are in serious trouble. So, Gordon, right, you know, you need to add some more more depth and, and more firepower to this squad because ultimately it's just there's just it's just too thin really uh to, for us to to really rely on us getting a good number of goals from a, a, a large group of players because you know you're probably I think, think Andley will get a few goals next season yeah you know what I think I, you're I right. think he will I think you're right but I, I just worry that with without Boyce he, he might struggle with link up if he's if he's maybe having to play with Walker. Uh, up front, or if he's by himself instead. I, I, I don't think Walker. Will, I don't think Walker will be there well, next season. I, I, I think no. they'll he'll, he'll be one of the players that's out the door. But I, I generally do think that Nandali could actually be a, a pretty asset, even on his own. I think he could do all right. I think he is a big, powerful striker, and I think he'll cause problems for teams next year. He'll but, probably um, do. He'll do a similar role to Uchi in the in the old firm games and I, th- I, think, and I think he's better than Uchi. No, I, th- no, no, I no, think no, he's no. a more you know he's a more technical player than what you, Uchi is. You know, Uchi was more a batter than Ram. I think yeah, yeah, you know no, the, the, this guy will really occupy two men. He'll occupy two men, is what I mean. You know, he'll drag out a centre half and a fullback I, while someone I, can make I, that I, run into because he's a big yeah. guy. So, you know, he's got no. Like I, I, four, I get that, but I don't think that's necessarily his game. I mean, I know he is a big guy, but I think you know if you actually play the ball to this guy's feet, I think he can play a bit. Um, and I think we've seen that. You know, he can finish as well. You know, I think if you if you, I, I don't necessarily get the impression that he's that great with his head. He missed an absolute sitter in the first half with his yeah. head. Um, that he should have actually scored, and he's done that a couple of times. I think he's he's probably better if you. you know, I think he's more of a Lafferty type player actually. If you give the ball to his feet, I think he'll be able to do something with it. Um, but I think he, I think he could definitely be. I think you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets ten, fifteen himself next season. It was good also to see John Suter come back, Gordon, after a lengthy period out. Yeah, I, I thought he done well. Um, <clears throat> it'll be a big confidence booster for him. But um, you know, the jury's still out whether or not he can keep himself fit for a consistent period. I think definitely having him in the squad, uh, I would keep him absolutely. Um, but I still feel that we need to invest heavily in, in our central defence. Um, depends what Nielsen wants to do. Um, if he wants to keep a back three, um, then you'll definitely need to sign in our centre. I mean, listen, we're, you could probably make a, a fair assumption that we're probably going to get rid of at least two centre-halves um, next season. Because um, I think, you know, Popescu, let's be honest with you, if he was going to be here, um, beyond the summer he'll be playing right now. Um, I think Berra, well, Bayer's already gone anyway because uh, he's going to Wraith. But I think, you know, so there's two that you could you could say um, will come in. Um, does Halkett stay? Does, you know, and does Suter stay? I think Suter will stay. Um, Halkett probably stays. Um, so, you've, you know, you've got to, you've got to, it depends whether or not, you know, Shea Logan stays. Depends 
if Michael Smith is going to be a regular centre-half now. So there, there's quite a lot of questions um, about the defence. Um, you know, I think we need at least two, and I think real, really good centre-halves. I don't think we, we can, you know, I don't think we're in a position at the moment to say, right, well, we can take a chance on him. I think, you know, we've got to really look at getting a, a defender who knows the league well, who's consistent. You know, I mean, Finlay would have been a good signing. I think he would have, he would have sort of went into that role well, but he chose to go to America. I think Gallagher, for me, is a no-brainer. I think we need to look at uh, look at him, trying to get him in. You know, I think he's maybe 29, 30, but still, um, still fit. You know, he's a, he's an international. I think he would, he, and he certainly has leadership qualities. So I think I think that's one thing that we we definitely need to look at when we are bringing in the right centre half is. You know, are they leaders? Are they, you know, are they going to leave it all on the line? I think that's something we've lacked for a long time. Suter's a good defender in the sense that, um, you know, he's going to have a stable partner with him. You know, when Christoph Pena was there, um, he was he was really good. You know, they, they formed a really, really good partnership. We went a hell of a long time without seeing a goal. But, you know, that, unfortunately, I mean, we didn't get to see that Pena again, especially after his injury. And I think that affected Suter. Um, I think Halkett, you know, like any player, I think he, you know, he, he's a confidence player. He also looks a little bit overweight to me. Um, I think a few of the players have been a bit like that. I think, um, you know, you look at him now compared to the, the Halkett that came in and then the Halkett that um, was even at Livingston, I think he's a, probably a player as well that was affected by his injury. Um, so you've got to look at that and you've got to say, well, you know, do, do we give these guys a, an opportunity to form a partnership or am I going to bring someone else in? Um, I definitely think we need to look at it because it's still a defence that got relegated. You know, whether whether you think these players are good enough or not, it's, they still went down and they still leaked a barrel load of goals in that division. So um, I don't think we're in a position to 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 look at it long term. Um, I think Stuart will be there, um, but I think he's maybe one big injury away from his hard career being over, to be honest with you. Um, but I hope for his sake that he can get himself fit and and he can get himself back to the player that we know that he can be. Um, but I, I think he's still a, a long way off that. So we've we've got to look at investing in, in the defence. Um, I think that's probably our our biggest concern going into the summer. Talk about how how kind of weak and thin this this defence that we have is, is that the lack of options is really quite stark. When now when you mention it, if we're planning to play a back three, you're looking at three centre halves, and we technically at the moment only have two. If Popescu and Berra go both go out the door, which we know one is and the other one most likely is to follow, and do you really want to be playing Smith as, as centre half every week? I don't know. Maybe Nielsen does, and then if Logan doesn't stay, you're then invested in a new right back as well as a new centre half for cover. So yeah, I completely agree. Um, and this will be the, this is probably I don't know, I don't know. Maybe if I'm overstating it slightly, but is this our most important transfer window we've had in the last? 10 years it could be but every transfer window's felt like the most important transfer window in the last 10 years so I don't know um I certainly uh, like, like Gordon says we we do hearts are very much the quantity over quality in transfer windows as has been for a while we need to try and revert that we need to go quality over quantity if we can just sign four or five top quality players in this window then that's fine we don't need to go out and sign 11 or 12 or 13 new players, a new squad, because it's just not sustainable. Squads don't react to that well. You know, they haven't train a whole new squad on how to play. It takes months for that to bed and it won't work again, especially with Nielsen's shitey play. So I think that certainly, um, you know, 
five five solid top quality players that you can have in that squad. And you know, it's certainly a squad that should be looking to get up to fourth at the bare minimum. But uh, I won't hold my breath because we know what transfer windows are like. You sort of alluded to um, Michael Smith, both of you, or sort of more Gordon probably. I mean, does Michael Smith create enough, you know, this whole debate about Shea Logan potentially coming in? I mean, Shea Logan, I think his first couple of games have been pretty positive. I mean, does Smith create enough in that right-back area? You've got to be bombing up and down to be a modern right-back, don't you? Um, <clears throat> I, I've never really questioned his, his creative side of the game. I always thought he's, he's probably done all right as an attacking fullback. Um, to be honest with you, but obviously he is now reaching, um, I'm not sure how old Michael Smith actually is, but I would assume that he is in his 30s. I think um, he's 32. I think he's 32, 33. Well, something wrong, like well, wrong side of 30s. And I mean, you, you've got to um, see how long he can sustain that. Listen, Shea Logan is 33. So um, I'm not going to sit and, and say that, you know, you should sign one over the other. But I think um, going forward, Smith, it's never really concerned me. I think his defensive qualities when he has had to, to go forward, he's always, for me, been suspect um, defensively getting caught out. And uh, a lot of people say, you know, Michael Smith is, is one of our best defenders. And you can make arguments against that, actually, because I think a lot of times Hearts have conceded goals from um, from just balls into the box. And as a fullback, ultimately, your first job is to, start to cut the cross out. And I think we've been suspect of that over, over the last few years, where I think if he has played in a back three, um, as a, a right centre half, I actually think that probably suits his game better, to be honest with you, because when he is able just to focus on defending rather than having to maybe balance both, I think that suits him better. Um, so I think you know I, I'd be comfortable with him being in, in a back three. Um, that that wouldn't that wouldn't bother me. I think you know if you were signing Shea Logan, then primarily you know his thought would be um, probably the more right wing back type role. Um, but again, he's 33, so you need to think to yourself, long term, is he going to be the man going forward? Um, I'd, I, and I don't know, maybe it's just been a bit ambitious, but you know, with Sheffield Wednesday about to get relegated, could Callum Patterson be somebody that Hearts could be in for? You know, I mean, I, I don't think that would be the worst thing in the world. You know, if if he was keen to come back, not saying he would be, um, but you know, I, I'd like to think that. Um, you know, we Jamie Walker came back. You know, there was talking Nicholson coming back. I mean, I think um, for me, Hearts could attract that type of player, and I think he would he would be a really good asset as a right wing back. Um, you know, I think he's still he's still a very good age. He knows the club well. He, he's a consistent performer. Um, at some someone I would look at personally, but I don't know how realistic that would be. Um, particularly if you are going to play, you know, a back three and 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 your full backs going forward. Um, you know, he's shown that he can he can definitely play that that role comfortably. Um, and then you look at left back, you know, you've got Kingsley in there as well. I think he can do both sides well. Um, clearly, his attacking qualities are very good, but at the same time, I think he can defend. So um, you've got to get the right balance. And I think we've got to have different ways of playing, you know, whether you want to go with back four or where you want to go with the, the back three and the two attacking wing backs. So um, I think there's a lot to, to look forward to um, in that regard. Um, a lot to do and I mean Robbie Robbie spoke about it as well um, the other night there he said you know they've got to have different ways of playing I, I, I hope that that's, that's a genuine comment because I mean we haven't seen it enough this this season you know I don't think we've we've had enough options we've not had enough plan B's um, I know he changes it quite a lot during games 
But I feel like, you know, that, that doesn't help anybody. It doesn't help the players. I think, you know, particularly a player like Gary Mackay Stephen, who, you know, was dropped for the, for the first time in, in a while there and deservedly so because his performance hadn't been good enough. But, you know, he, he was a player that was put out wide. It wasn't happening for him. He was played as a 10. It wasn't happening for him. You know, I think that we, we need to, to... I mean, I've no doubt that Gary Mackay Stephen can still do a job at Hearts, but you've got to, got to determine whether or not it's worth having him in the team. Um, you can't just force a, a player out. It's like Walker as well. You know what I mean? People are like, oh, why is Walker not playing? Well, anytime Jamie Walker starts a game, he does nothing. And But you see him coming off the bench and it shows that he's a predator and he's a goal scorer. And if, you know, when games are kind of more stretched open, these type of players come into the room. And I, I'm sure Gary McKay-Steven would, would have a similar um, impact than, than Will Walker would. But I think when you're trying to force them into the starting 11, that's where you've got problems. I think we've got to just say to ourselves, right, who's the best player for this formation? And and I think we, we haven't done that enough. And, and I mean, you could probably argue that's that's been Robbie's downfall this season. So hopefully he learns from that and, um, you know, we can actually use the squad and uh, and have the right balance. And I think um, the summer will tell. And that's why I agree with David. I think we only need to look at four or five, um, but they've got to be the right player to come in. Um, I don't think we need a, a huge overhaul. And I, I said this a few months ago as well. I, and I still believe it, despite some of the absolute brutal results and performances we've had. I still think last night showed you that this team can play um, when they can actually be arsed. And, and you know, you've got to you've got to question. Well, why haven't they been doing that? Is that is that the manager? Is that the formations he's playing? I think it is. But you know, it looks like we're you know, he's, he's going to be the man in the summer to take the club forward. So we've got to say to ourselves, right, well, how, how does he turn that around? Um, does he deserve time? I don't think so. I think, you know, we should we should go and get a new manager, but I don't think that's going to be the case. So you've got to say to yourself, well, listen, he's, he's, got, to, he's got to go and get it right in the summer. Um, because if Hearts start the season poorly, then we're just back to square one again. Looking ahead to the, the last few championship games, hopefully the last time we play championship games for forever. Um, Martin coming up and Renes coming up. I mean, is this a chance to maybe try a few things different or do we just, you know, play the team that we've usually been doing? I mean, it's I, I, I guess kind of Nielsen's kind of stuck in between a rock and a hard place now because as much as the league is over, you know, I think fans would like to see a strong end to the season and see three wins. However, the season being over, you can get away with trying a few new things. I think I'd be more than happy for him to to play some more of the youth players. We've seen them in the start of the season in the Betfred Cup games. I'd like to see more of them being uh, given a chance over the next two or three games. Um, I, I'd, I'd like to think that he'll probably stick with his back three. This gives him a good chance to really give it a good test for the next three games, see if that works. Um, but yeah, it's an opportunity for people, uh, especially in the club who, who maybe think that this could be their last couple of games at Hearts. This is a chance to show uh, what they're made of. Um, so it's a big opportunity for a lot of players. Um, and it's also a, a good opportunity for players who have maybe had it, had like maybe people like Harren, who maybe Nielsen maybe had question marks over uh, during the middle part of the season. to now show that he is the right man to play every game next season. Um, and I think this will also, if Nielsen doesn't already know what needs to be sorted out come August 2021, this will give him a good opportunity too. Um, but you've got to remember, these teams are playing for a lot just now. You know, we know how tight the championship is. Is it 
a, a win gets these teams into the playoff, a defeat gets them into the relegation zone. So it's such a tight league that these teams will be, these three points mean so much for these teams that they'll really be doing everything they can to, to, to win these games compared to Hearts, who, you know, I said, have, have nothing to play for now. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if we don't win all these three games, far from it, <laughs> mainly just because, you know, we know how Hearts play and we know what these teams uh, will, will, will be trying to strive to do. But uh, it'll be interesting. Um, but also, I don't think it'll be, I don't think people will get too, uh, too wound up should we not, win all these three games but yeah, I, I, I actually completely disagree with what you've just said there David I, I think oh, that, of course of course no no but seriously though I, I think Hearts the players at the moment right I don't think they can afford to take their foot off the gas because they're actually playing for the futures now um, and I, I think just the way the results have been this season and how disconnected the fans are with the team they can't afford to be taking their foot off the gas um, they can't afford to be going getting beat off teams like Morton and Inverness and that fans just won't put up with it Regardless if they've won the league or not, you know they can't they can't take this as as an opportunity now to just go back to the half-arse performances that we've seen over the last two months. That's not acceptable. You know that we we need to see regardless if they've won the league or not. We expect to see performances like we did yesterday, and um, and anything less than that isn't acceptable. And it would just show that it's such a lack of professionalism. Um, which I, again I, I agree with you though to an extent. I I don't think we will win every game because. I just I fear that we'll go back to the, the performances that we've seen over the last few months, but that shouldn't be the case, you know. I mean, listen, the pressure might be off them, you know, you know we, we might see them maybe playing a bit more freely, so we could maybe see result uh, performances like we did the other night there, but I think it's the very least we expect is to go there and and um, and go and win games and, uh, and try and end the season. I think, you know, you should look at, listen, Inverness are playing very well, they're in form, but and Wraith Rovers on the final day of the season, that could be a big game for them. But if you look at it in these games in isolation, Hearts should be winning all three of them without seeing a goal. And they should be winning them by, by a fair margin and end the season in style and give the players and the club and the fans a little bit of hope going into next season. Because if you just end the season with three half-arse performances and, and three pretty poor results, then you're just back to square one and you'll just get constant negativity going into the summer. And that's the last thing that um, particularly this this team needs. Looking ahead, is it a bit of a danger to either of you? Is it a bit of a danger that we've won the league without really performing that well over the season? It's been very stop-start. We've not had a, a single, maybe that Dundee game, but even we've not had a single performance where we've thought, hey, this is really, really good. You know, is, is there a danger that we, we, we come into this league thinking that we can, you know, perform a half-arsed way? There shouldn't be. There shouldn't be that danger at all. Um, and I, I, after the kind of reaction to this season of the half-star performances, I don't think that'll fly. Well, it most certainly won't fly uh, amongst the Hearts supporters. The, 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 the difference, obviously, we mentioned last week is that, um, you know, you're not coming into the Premiership with that winning feeling that we did last season. There's not that sense of excitement about this team. There's not that sense of anticipation, wanting to watch every... Looking forward to the Hearts games as much as there was back then. Um, I'm sure that attitude might change coming to the Premiership. You know, you're back playing back where hearts belong. Um, you know, hopefully by then, and I'm more confident than ever that there'll at least be a sizable number of fans inside Tynecastle. I'd like to think that they'll be full by then. Uh, but, you know, that's not for me to decide, thankfully. <laughs> if it was for me to decide, we'd have been in for the Scottish Cup final. But, uh, yeah, it, it, there'll definitely be a different... It'll be a different feeling altogether because we'll be in a whole new place just in 
circumstances in general compared from now compared to then. But certainly um, there is, there, I think with watching Hearts over the last year, you definitely don't feel as, cer- as safe or as certain as you do playing the teams below you <laughs> than you maybe would have done a few years ago. Um, but yeah, I, I certainly don't think that performances will be, well, actually I can't really say this for certain. I hope to God and pray that performances aren't as bad next season as they have been this season against the, the weird clubs. Can I say for 100% certain that that will be the case? No. But that's just sad reality. I, I, I'm the optimist, Ross. <laughs> it might not sound like it was the time, but I'm an optimistic person, so I hope that, think that uh, things change, but you just can't say for certain, can you? You'd think we'd just been relegated, not promoted, with that with that statement there, David. But I'll 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 let you have it. Well, it doesn't feel like. Why should we be celebrating this? It's been a crap season. There's no sense of enjoyment about seeing that tweet that we've won the league. So what? It should have been done ages ago. This isn't an achievement. This is the bare minimum. You said at the show. Should we expect more? Yes, yes, we should. I think I think I think the problem is. Is that we're now sitting here in what April again for the you know for what five six years in a row now and we've got nothing to play for going into the end of the season. Um, it's the same when we're in top flight. I think that's the most frustrating thing. You know, we're not competing for European places, we're not in cup finals. Um, that that is that's the most annoying thing. You know that we're sitting here now and our season's over already. Um, and I think you know we're coming to a period now in the club's history where where is it going and that's what you've got to ask yourself listen I mean well I know we're going to talk about it soon but you know we've got will we have fans in next season yeah we, we will but the club will still have to sell season tickets and the fans clearly aren't happy and they haven't been happy for a long time it's not just because of this season or because we've been beat Brora or whatever it's it's an entire period of time now that the fans have been taken for a ride and they've they, they've clearly not fit. Listen, the, the club has frustrated me for a long time and you've seen where it was going. Everyone could see where the club was going and nothing was done to, to change it. It was a sinking ship. You know, we had hit the iceberg and um, and we sank very quickly and we've we done nothing, absolutely nothing to change it. And, um, and I think that's why we need a change of leadership right from the top. And I'll say it every time we do a podcast. I'm not gonna. I'm, my opinion's not going to change just because we beat Alawa six 0 um, We need a change from top to bottom, and it starts with the chairwoman, who's got to go. And she's, you know, she's she's brought the club down to the championship again. Uh, sorry, again, that's a bit harsh, but um, she's she's brought the club down to the championship, which should never have happened in a million years with the budget. Um, and it goes all the way back years. And, you know, you hear people like Chris Sutton and stuff like that coming out and saying, well, what more do the Hearts fans want? They want their football club to be competitive and, and competing at the top end of Scottish football. This isn't, you know, I mean, people don't realise how big a club Hearts are until you actually, you know, until you're actually webbed into the club. But the fact of the matter is we are the third biggest club in Scotland and we're in the championship. It's, it, it's ridiculous. And, um, and then we've been beat to Highland League team as well. Uh, you know, we're not in the latter stages of the Cups and it's just, it's it's frustrating and it's not good enough and it's embarrassment. And I think, you know, it stems from the club being soft from, from the very top. People who are clearly not up to the job have, have kept their jobs for far too long. And, and ultimately it's came down that we've we've ended up in the Championship. And I think 
fans now have, have reached their wits end. Um, they've they've had enough, and you know they can see that the club, you know, isn't isn't changing, isn't isn't doing anything to, um, to make these things better. You know, I, I know we've brought in a sporting director, and and listen, Judy will be out. He'll he'll have to kind of um, pull a few rabbits out of the hats. But I think that the statement that they released the other week there about our, our recruitment analyst, who will have to report to the the recruitment manager, who's John Murray, who should have been gone ages ago. You know, there's there's articles about um, Doyakov Hibbs. Um, you know how he's he's been touted up by some big clubs down south, and he was released by Hearts. Yet, you know, you look at some of the young players that that we did keep on. So, I mean, why questions aren't asked about this guy? And and you know, and it goes back to Levine and things like that. People who have just kept the job for too long. Um, I know that that. People say that Anne Budge, obviously, the good thing about her is she gives our managers too much time. Well, you know, she gives them time and all this sort of thing. But how's how's that a good thing when? Listen, I, I know you, the, the managers want the backing of their boards and things like that. But when a manager's not working, you've got to have the balls to pull the trigger, and the 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 board don't. They wait too long. They just magically think that it's suddenly going to change, and um, we waited too long with Levine. Um, you know, I feel that w- we could do the same thing with Nielsen. I hope not. Um, but you know, we, we we could be back to square one all over again. But I think um, it's it's got to change at the top first. And I think when when there's a change of leadership, then we can see maybe what the foundation are all about and and what they plan on doing. And at least you know, I think the thing with fan ownership is you can you can hold the club more accountable. Um, I mean, nobody's talking about fan ownership being that we, we pick the team via Facebook, we do a poll and that's it. Nobody's stupid enough to, to think that's what fan ownership is. Although some people try and make that out, you know, that, that that's what we think is going to be the case. It's not. But ultimately, if the, the chairman or the chairwoman or, or whoever's making the decisions, if they aren't doing the job, then they can be voted out. And I think that's why we need fan ownership this summer. We've obviously looked ahead quite a lot in this podcast. I mean, I mean, looking ahead to when we buy season tickets, you know, we, we don't quite know like when we'll actually know how many fans will be in, for example. But you know, we'll do a we'll do a quick poll here. I mean, are are, are you considering not buying a season ticket next season? I must admit, Ross, if this was any other normal year after that, I probably would be considering the fact that I we've I've not seen a football game in the best part of over a year probably sways me towards buying one but I mean I didn't I mean I didn't buy one this year because of everything that was going on and just uh, financial situations you have to think about that anyway but you know it, it certainly doesn't surprise me that there are people out there that wouldn't but I think personally after the year of having to watch hearts on the telly I'd much rather watch it in a stadium even if it is crap so I probably will buy a season ticket albeit begrudgingly I will I will buy it with gritted teeth but I'll still buy it clenching um, your card yeah yeah <laughs> I, th- I think i think the club's got to make some sort of gesture towards the supporters um you know they've got to see some sort of change and i think you know ultimately I, I don't think it's going to be the manager but i think you know um mrs budge leaving i think would probably sway some supporters to buy season tickets i think if it's still the same status quo if we're sitting here with the same board and and the same owners and the same manager going into the summer then I think you could probably look at maybe season tickets being halved. Um, listen, it, it, I, I don't know what I would do without, without Hearts on, on a Saturday. 
Um, so chances are I probably will buy my season ticket. But in saying that, for us to actually for things to change, but I'll hold off. You know what I mean? I'm not just going to go. You know, as soon as they release information, I'm not going and just buying the um, season ticket right away. They can sweat for it. Um, and I think a lot of fans will do that. And I think unless they see significant change, you know, there will be an element there who who won't renew their season ticket. And that's worrying, um, you know, but I don't blame them. You know what I mean? I think if you, it's, clear, it's clearly seen what a good hearts team on the park does to the, to, to the whole football club. The fans come in their droves. You could have a full time castle every week um, if, you, if you had a full heart, if you had a really good hearts team competing at the top Scottish football in the park. You know, if we had a record to what Aberdeen had and, and you know, when they were competing with Celtic and, and you know, they were qualifying for Europe and the, they were getting to finals now. If we, had, if we had that type of run, you know, you you wouldn't get a ticket to Castle. Simple as that. And um, and that would be for your box standard three o'clock on Saturday against, you know, anybody. Um, and you've seen the away supports we've taken, you know, I mean, even just last season when we were bottom of the league, you know, three and a half thousand at St. Johnston. They had to open up three stands for us. You know, we're set, we're filling our away allocations. You know, Hearts are a massive club. And if you if you get the the, the support on sideways and if you give them something exciting to watch, then they'll come out in their droves. You know, every championship season, the last championship season, we were getting, what, 17,500 every game. Um, willing to bet if we were in watching this, you'd be lucky if you were getting 10 through the door. Um, and I think, you know, we've, we've got to look at that I mean, every single season over the last four or five seasons, it's got to the end of the season. And even the games against, you know, Celtic and Rangers and that, Tyne Castle was getting emptier and emptier because fans were just like, I'm not going to the game today. What's the point? I've got nothing to play for. It's just going to be crap anyway. Um, so we need to get to a stage where fans are excited to actually go to the game. And we've got to tap into that because, like I say, the potential of the football club is huge, but it's been badly mismanaged for a long time now. And um, and unfortunately, we've just we've missed big opportunities to cement ourselves at the top of Scottish football. But I think now now now's enough. You know, people have had enough now. There's no excuses. The fans have pumped their money into the football club, and they deserve to see a return on it. There was a, a poll done a few weeks ago. You know, looking at the how, how fans sort of are engaged with the club and how. Um, how the general feeling is. It was after the Broder game. It was done by um, Scott from Amarusa Let's It Run. There's a lot, you know, in this polling from from a board point of view. You know, 55% of Hearts fans that were polled said, you know, they wouldn't probably buy a season ticket next season. 64% feel that they're not valued by the club. 70% say that, you know, they feel dissatisfied with the board. Yeah, but it's, I mean... It's been like that for a long time, isn't it? It's just, you know, I think the numbers have grow and grow. And it's not just, you know, because of one season. I think it's been like that for a long time. And there's been, a, you know, you could probably go all the way back and you could tick off situations that where the board have got it wrong, you know, even just back to last season where there was fans outside the gates of Tynecastle demanding change in, in, in the manager. And, you know, Ann Budge is coming out and saying that I think he's doing a really, really good job. Um, you know, there was a few, even before the Broader game, she released a statement where, He's basically going to be here for three years. You know, they're not listening to what the supporters are saying. And and listen, for a long time, I felt that, you know, that the club have never listened, but we're supporters and we're just supposed to turn up on a Saturday and, and that's that. You know, it, it doesn't really matter what we think. And I think when you're preaching about the club being fan-owned 
and and how you know we're we're going to be the biggest fan owned club in the UK and all this sort of thing. You can't sit there and then just ignore the fans. And uh, and I, I go back to what people, pundits seem to say. You know, you can't have fans running the club. Nobody's talking about running the club. But what what we are saying is that quite simply, you've got to you've got to hold the people accountable. You know, if we're gonna if you're gonna ask the fans to pump in X amount of money, they expect to to see a return on their investment. They expect to see a football club that they can be proud of, not one that's going away up and losing to part time teams. You know what I mean? That's that's not what the Hearts fans are paying for. I think I heard a, a you know um, a comment during the week there that it was something like we've pumped sixty million in, in the football club um, combined with pledges and and you know Mr Anderson and and um, various other things sixty million pounds. That's a hell of a lot of money, you know, for any club. Never mind a club in Scotland, and you know for it to, the, to to be in the and why more people aren't questioning that for the fact that it's in the championship. It's ridiculous. It should be comfortably third in the league every year with, you know, the, the, the possibilities of, of challenging, you know, Celtic and Rangers with that type of money. It's ridiculous. And it's been badly mismanaged for a long time and the fans are just fed up now. Um, I think they've, they've got to do more at a boardroom level to, to kind of have a, a fan league. And I'm not just talking about having two Foundation Hearts members on the board. I think they've got to do more. Um, you know, they've got to talk to people like us. You know, ultimately, people who actually go to the match. I'm talking about people who, you know, are are who live and breathe hearts, who simply talk about hearts all the time. Hearts are their lives. So I'm talking about people who go to the match, who go to their away games, travel on the buses, you know, go all over the country, watch them. They, they're the people you need to speak to because ultimately it's their football club. It's our football club. And that for a long time, that message has got lost. And that's the problem. With that, Paul, I mean... The numbers don't lie. I mean, I, I'm sure that, you know, the, the timing of the poll probably meant that there was a, a slightly more a knee-jerk reaction to it than, than maybe it would have been. I, mean, in a... I, would, I would probably say there is a caveat yeah. to that poll, and that, yeah, that's why I said know. when it was brought out. But, you know, the numbers but, still... But the, I think what that shows you is that 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 um, that Brora game was probably the switch for quite a few people, and they've went, you know what? I, you know what? You're right. I am fed up just now. I am not going to go next season if it's going to be like this. Uh, you're, I'm not going to. I'm going to stop my pledges uh, for the Foundation Hearts, and that's all it takes. And then that that's when you start. You need to when the the upper um, levels of the club need to wake up and smell the coffee, uh, and and realize that fans will not be happy unless change is implemented. Um, but yeah, uh, the, the the numbers are there for everyone to see the. the the end of the day, what the famous saying is stats don't lie, and those ones most certainly don't. And they 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 mask a lot of uh, very unpleasant views from Hearts fans about the club at the moment. Um that the, the people uh, who are in charge at Hearts just are quite happy to ignore. Um because as long as their account books look okay and as long as the restaurants get in bookings, um, then they're as happy as Larry. Uh, and I'm sure the restaurant will do well come the 17th of May where you can go and have your fish and chips for fucking 40 quid or however much it is. Yeah, there, there's a lot of thinking to be done for Hearts over the next three or four months and fans will only um, become more vocal if things don't happen. Uh, and those numbers, if a poll tour were to be rerun, the, the numbers would change and they would only go one way and that would be upwards. So things need to change soon. Yes. Will it? Probably not. And would just like to thank Scott for actually sharing the, the poll results with us. And, but 
it's, it does sort of show that maybe there should be polling of Hearts fans on, on these issues if we are going to be a, a fan-run club. Well, that, that, that's that's what I'm saying. You know, you need to have a, a, a more of a connect with the club and, you know, it's it's all right us running these sort of polls and, and sitting talking about them, but how how many people on that Hearts board or, or whoever's job it is as a sports liaison sit and listen to us on this podcast? How many of them? I'm, I'm willing to bet none of them. Um and I think that's the problem. I think they've got to have somebody in that role who listens to what the fans are saying. There's quite a few Hearts podcasts out there, so there's a lot of different opinions. But I think at the moment, most of them, most of them are probably saying the same thing, um, that you know the fact of the matter isn't good enough and, and there is such a disconnect with the club. But I think they've got to take on you know these on board. They've got to look through Twitter. And that, listen, you always get your, your knee-jerk reactions from supporters. I'm, I, I do it myself, you know what I mean? But I think ultimately you've got to still listen to the narrative and you've got to, and it's very easy, I think, to to gouge what the supporters want. Aberdeen have done it. You know what I mean? They they for a long time um, felt they needed a change with with Dell, and and they wanted to, um, and and they weren't happy, um, and, and they wanted a change. And and you know their board have listened to them, and they've they've made the change, and they've they've tried to freshen up a bit. Now listen, it might not work out for them. They might end up becoming, you know, similar ourselves. You know, it's, it can easily happen, but. They've actually said to themselves, right, well, we're, we're going to change it and let's see what happens. It could work. We could get a really dynamic team on the park and we could go and, you know, have a Leicester City season. You never know. But ultimately, that they're, they're going to they're going to go and try. I just feel like, you know, we're at this stage where, like David says, they're more interested in, in the Sky Lounge um, um, being number one in TripAdvisor than Hearts being number one in the Premier League. And I think that's the problem and fans are sick of it. Um, I think they, they've got to employ a, a, support, a proper supporter liaison who looks into these things. And if they turn around and say, well, we do do that, well, are you ignoring them or are they just feeding you a pack of lies? Because clearly, you know, you're, you're so out of touch with the support, it's beyond belief. So they've got, to, they've got to look at that and say, right, what are the fans doing? How can we change it? Let's speak to the fans. Let's go and come on, you know, podcasts and uh, let's, you know, send somebody along to supporters club, AGMs, and and tell them what we're wanting to do with the football club and and how we want to move forward. You know, you you look back at that Sunderland till I die documentary, and um, I always found one thing. You know, they had like a it was like a, a supporters thing, um, and the the new incoming owner went along, and he sat, you know, and, and they had a Q and A session. Do, do you, could you honestly see somebody like you know Mrs. Budge or Andrew McKinley or whoever? coming along and doing doing that right now? No, of course they wouldn't. And that, that's the problem. You know what I mean? They should be doing things like that. Um, and credit to Robbie Nielsen, you know, he, he, he's appeared in a few podcasts and stuff like that and a couple of players did, but that's still not enough. You know, they should be coming and spreading their wings and interacting with the supporters. And, and um, you know, I mean, you, you look back and remember when we spoke to Don Cowie and, and you know, listen, this is four to five years down the line, but he asked us about, you know, the, the plane and things like that, and he didn't understand it. But he did understand it to an extent because we, you know, it wasn't acceptable losing the Ibs, but he, he didn't, you know, he, he didn't tap into actually what, you know, why, what was the reason behind that, why the fans were so annoyed and disconnected. And, um, you know, he, he, he was delighted to hear it from, from our point of view. And I think the club need to do that more. Um, they, need to, they need to tap into that. And um, until they do, you know, fans just, you know, they just won't be happy. And, um, We'll just be going round and round in circles, and that's not good for anybody. 
should we put a positive spin on on winning this league? I mean, it could be worse. We, we could be facing a playoff. To put it simply, we're back. The end. <laughs> well, thank you both for you know on the show today. Um, and thank you for listening. We will be back um, after the Inverness game in a couple of weeks' time, so we won't be back next week. But until then, goodbye. <laughs>